Hello to all of my Destination Wedding Brides and welcome back to the Breezy Brides podcast. Wherever you are in your wedding planning, I hope it's been smooth sailing so far, but if not, this episode might provide the help that you're looking for because we are going to go over your full Destination Wedding timeline. A timeline for your wedding obviously serves multiple purposes. The most obvious one is to keep you on track with your planning and make sure that you don't get behind or get stuck trying to finalize a million things at once because you waited a little too long to get them done. Another reason is just so you don't forget everything. You've got it all written down and organized so you know all of the tasks that you need to complete and nothing catches you off guard. And a final reason is to give you ample time to complete those tasks. For example, if you plan on bringing your bridesmaids or family members with you to go dress shopping, that event is going to take a little bit of time to set up and coordinate with everyone. So when you're considering when you should start wedding dress shopping by, and then backtrack a little bit, make sure everybody gets is invited and is able to get there. Then once you've bought your dress, you need to allow at least a few weeks for alterations to get done etc, etc. Your timeline keeps you on track for when you should start shopping, when you should have alterations done by, so that you can have a dress picked out and altered in plenty of time for your wedding. You're crossing that off and moving to the next thing. And that's just one example. There are a million moving parts when planning a wedding, so a timeline takes a lot of the stress away by knowing what are the most important tasks for the specific time that you're in. My timeline starts at 12 to 18 months out. I know this might seem early for you, or if you're listening, you're already less than that away from your wedding, but that is totally okay. I personally think around 18 months is the perfect timeline to start planning a destination wedding because it gives you a healthy amount of time for all the tasks that you need to complete to not cause too much stress on yourself. But if you are listening now and your wedding is 12 or less months away, that is also okay. Just start where you are now and make sure to cross off as much as you can to get caught up. So let's get into it. We're going to go over your timeline and checklist at 12 to 18 months, 12 months, 8 to 10 months, 6 to 8 months, 4 to 6 months, 3 months, 2 months, 2 to 4 weeks, and 1 week. I also want to mention that we do have a downloadable destination wedding checklist on my Etsy page for $2.99 if you're interested in printing this out for yourself. It has everything I'm about to talk about listed on there with check boxes next to it. So you can just check them off as you go and follow along on your planning journey. I also have a printable destination wedding planner, a printed destination wedding planner, and a blog post of my destination wedding checklist, all available for you to check out. If you want to see all of this outside of the podcast, they will all be posted in my show notes. Welcome to the Breezy Brides podcast, a podcast designed for brides planning their dream destination wedding. I'm your host, Deanna, and I'm here to offer you all of the resources, advice, and tips to make planning your destination wedding a breeze. Let's get started. All right, so let's get started at 12 to 18 months. Biggest thing you want to cross off right away is deciding on your wedding budget. Looking at all the venues, colors, and decor is great, but if you don't have a budget in mind, you can easily get lost in the planning process because you really don't know what to eliminate, what to cut back on, which resorts are going to be affordable for you and your guests, which ones are not. 
etc. So start with the big things first. First of all, the resort stay. Just go ahead and do a basic search of the nightly rate that it would cost for you and your fiance, but also for your guests. This will give you a good idea of how much you want your guests to be spending to come to your destination wedding and also how much it would cost for you and your fiance to stay there. Now, with that being said, most likely your travel agent can get you rates that are going to be lower than this, but it gives you a nice ballpark range for how much you want to be spending. Next is your flights. So if you are living next to a major airport, this is relatively easy. Most of the time you can get a nonstop flight to multiple areas of Mexico, Punta Cana, Montego Bay for a good price. But if you need to get a connecting flight, if you live next to a really small airport, it's a good idea to just start checking early how much you think your flights are going to cost to get you there, depending on where you're thinking of going. Next is your wedding package. So most resorts have their package options listed on their website. So you can kind of start looking at what's included in those, which one you think you would end up going with. Some resorts don't have the prices on there and you have to contact the weddings department to take a look or other resorts have like an a la carte option where they just give you the price of everything and you select as you go. But the biggest reason behind this is because those packages vary greatly in cost. So that'll give you a good idea of where you're going to be spending the bulk of your money towards your wedding. And then of course, there's many other smaller budget items that you want to consider as well, like your dress, your invitations and save the dates, special gifts for people, party favors, welcome bags, etc. Make sure you aren't missing anything from your budget by reviewing our post, and it is called Your Destination Wedding Budget, 16 Must-Have Budget Items. We also have a separate podcast episode on this if you want to check out and make sure that you're not missing anything from your budget. Next item is hiring your travel agent. You might first be wondering, is a travel agent really necessary? I'm a little biased because I am now one, but I also did use one and highly, highly recommend it. If you're not really sure exactly what they do, check out our post. It's called the pros of using a travel agent for your destination wedding. But obviously, in my opinion, they are a huge help when it comes to getting all of your guests travel accommodations taken care of. Not only that, they have tons of resort knowledge they know what resorts are going to fit in your budget and they can handle all of your guests questions so if any of them have a question along the way instead of coming to you and stressing you out as you're planning your own wedding they would go to your travel agent and they could take care of them themselves next item is narrowing down your destination wedding and your resort so along the lines of hiring a travel agent starting to look at resorts and destination locations is a very fun and exciting step but can be very overwhelming as well. There's thousands of resorts out there to pick from, all ranging in different prices, perks, incentives, accommodations. And this is where having a travel agent really comes in handy because they can say, okay, what's your budget and how much do you want your guests to spend? Also, what are your must-haves for you, for your wedding, for you and your fiance? And they have all of that resort knowledge to give you a handful of resorts that are going to be perfect for you and your fiance to get married at and it makes their search that much more simple. So once you have a destination and or resort, the next step is booking your date through the venue or resort. So if you are if you already have a date locked in and you know when you wanna get married, the biggest thing here is just making sure that they have that date available. Or if you have a general you know, one to two month range that you wanna get married, 
Again, they'll just tell you all of their availability that they have based on the time of the ceremony, the number of guests that you have, and the location of where you want to get married at the resort. And you can go from there. But if you are stuck on what time of year you want to get married at, here are a few tips to consider. First of all, December to April is typically like the busiest season. This is the time of year that most people are itching to get away from the bad weather. So it usually means the most expensive time of year as well. Obviously, it's okay to still have your wedding during this time frame, but just expect a little bit higher prices from the resorts and for flights. August to November is typically considered off season or hurricane season, depending on where your wedding will be. So prices are a little bit cheaper around this time, but that usually means weather might not be quite as nice. And depending on the location, some resorts will consider this the most likely time for inclement weather. So again, it might not be a deal breaker for you, but as long as you're aware and have realistic expectations of this time of year. And then my final tip is to avoid spring break. So this is typically in March or early April. And most resorts don't allow spring breakers at their resort or anything like that, but this is where you'll see a hike in prices for resorts and for especially flights because everyone's traveling around this time. So if you can avoid those few weeks, you'll usually end up saving a little bit of money. Next item on the checklist for your 12 to 18 month timeline is starting your guest list. So another destination wedding checklist item that might seem early, but it's for good reasons. Some resort wedding packages will only cover a certain number of guests in that package. So for example, they could say up to 40 guests. What that means is any additional guest you are going to have over 40, you are going to be paying for outside of the package price. So if you're on the edge of that number or you know you're going to be way over, it's very helpful to consider taking a firm look at your guest list to know exactly how many people you do want to invite, if it is worth it to pay for those people, or if you want to start cutting back a little bit. Obviously, start with the guests like your immediate family and closest friends. And then after that, you can start adding up how many guests you would have for extended family and extra friends to see where your numbers are at. Using that information, then the next step is acquiring their addresses or emails. So unfortunately, some guests are just harder to get a hold of than others. So starting to get this information well in advance will keep you on track when it comes to sending your save the dates and invitations. Whether or not you wanna send them through the mail or email, it does take a little bit of time to get all of that data gathered. And then the final step for your 12 to 18 month items is sending out your save the dates. So save the dates and invitations can be a little bit of a gray area for destination weddings. Do you have a very limited number of guests you're inviting? Or maybe you just can't justify the cost of save the dates and invites if you know most of them won't be attending. If you need help navigating when to send them, how to send them, et cetera, we have a whole post and an episode labeled the ultimate save the date and invite guide for your destination wedding that will answer all of your questions. But typically 12 to 18 months is that sweet spot for sending save the dates. You want to give your guests ample time to start saving and just knowing when your date is so they can better prepare for it in advance. Okay, so that is the 12 to 18 month list. Now let's get started at 12 months. The reason why I have just 12 months on here is because some brides are just starting to plan their wedding around this 12 month time frame. So we're starting out with 
making sure that you have everything from the 12 to 18 month checklist completed if you are just starting to plan now. Of course, none of that is to stress you out. It's just that couples operate on all different sorts of timelines. So you can still get all of this done within 12 months, but if you're starting early, you might as well start checking off those items earlier. So before doing anything else, make sure you have that 12 to 18 month list completed. And then the next step in the 12 month category is starting your wedding dress shopping. You're going to hear me say this a lot, but this may seem early. Some brides really have a hard time finding that perfect dress. In my opinion, it's never too early to start looking at different dress styles and scheduling appointments with the bridal stores to start trying them on. Like I mentioned earlier, you also have to coordinate getting multiple people together if you want them included in this experience, and that all takes time. Also, if you have a specific style in mind, that's great, but it could be completely different than what you actually end up buying. I'm speaking from personal experience here. I was convinced I wanted sleeves and lace and I tried on a million dresses and was not happy with any of them. And I finally found this one that was very simple. It had thicker straps and a sweetheart cut was completely different than I thought I was going to go with. And it's the dress that I ended up in. And again, it took me going through, you know, so many other dresses to figure out that I actually wanted something different. So getting started on the process early is never a bad thing. Next thing for 12 months is to determine your rooms and categories for your room block based on the estimated number of guests that you think you'll have. So you should start thinking about the estimated number of guests. And that's why during the 12 to 18 mark, we're talking about starting your guest list and requiring their information because as you have that information, your travel agent is going to want to know how many rooms you need for your room block for all your guests. Of course, this seems early, but it's so that they can lock in that contract and you have all of your rooms secured. So once determined, you'll want to request that from your travel agent to secure the certain number of rooms, dates, and room categories for your wedding group. I do have some tips here as well to help you decide. So right off the bat, 70% of your room block should be the cheapest room category that the resort has, with about 30% being upgraded rooms. Most of your guests are going to want to just stay in the cheapest room they have to save the most amount of money, but you will get a handful of guests that want to splurge a little bit. Next is your date range for the room block. So I always say an average of five nights. The reason for this is because you might have some guests that only want to stay three nights. Most resorts do require a three night minimum, but you can always release these rooms and nights back to the resort if you do not sell them. So your date range, I recommend being two days before your wedding events to three to four days after, averaging a five night stay for most guests. And my final tip is err on the side of requesting a little bit more than you think you might need. You can, again, you can always release these rooms back to the resort if they're not used, but you can't guarantee someone's room if you don't get enough rooms to start. So always err on the side of thinking a little bit more people are going to come than might. And then if they're not used, just release them back at the end of your reservation and payment due date. Next task is selecting your wedding party. So if you're choosing to have bridesmaids and groomsmen, now would be the time to make that decision on who would all be included. The earlier you inform your wedding party that they're involved in your wedding, the earlier that they can start saving for your wedding trip. Next is research marriage legalities for your location. So not every location is the same when it comes to getting married, 
whether you choose a symbolic or legal ceremony, make sure you start to determine what your resort and location will require of you. Typically, if you choose a symbolic ceremony, the process is pretty simple, but a legal ceremony, however, does require a little bit more work. It's also interesting to know if you are part of the LGBTQ plus community, some resorts are not supportive of that, unfortunately, but your travel agent will be able to help you make that decision. And it's something that you should talk about with them early on so that they can make sure you're at a resort that is 100% supportive of you. And finally, the last 12 month checklist item is to place the order for your invitations if you plan on sending them through the mail. Invitations can be so customizable when it comes to your wedding. So if you're planning on sending them by mail, it's time to get them ordered. If you're sending them by email, you do have a little bit more time to do that. But again, always the earlier, the better. We interrupt this episode to bring you to today's sponsor, LoveStream, the easiest way to live stream your wedding. LoveStream is the only full service wedding live stream company specifically built for weddings. If you're trying to find a way to include guests that won't be able to attend your destination wedding, LoveStream is the perfect way to do so. Not only do they live stream your wedding, but they can also build you a custom website, offer real human support, meet with you virtually to plan details, test equipment during a tech rehearsal, and produce your wedding remotely on your wedding day. They do it all so you don't have to. If you are interested in learning more, head to the link in our show notes to check them out. If you're interested in booking through Lovestream, make sure to use code BREEZY10 for 10% off the package you purchase. And by using my link, I will get a small kickback as well. And thank you to Lovestream for sponsoring. All right, moving on to the eight to 10 month checklist items. Number one, creating your wedding website. A one-stop shop for all of your guests' questions. Your wedding website will include all the information they need regarding important dates, getting in touch with your travel agent, due dates, travel accommodations, etc. There are sites out there that can help you with this, but if you use me as a travel agent, I don't know if everybody knows this, if I've mentioned it before, I create your wedding website for you. So not only is it a place for all of your pictures, if you want to include things about your bridal party, your gift registry, anything like that, but it's also where all of your guests are going to go to book their reservation. So it's a one-stop shop for everything. Um, But if you're going to be using a different agent or want to have your own website, that's great as well. Sites like The Knot, Minted, and Zola are the most common. Next item is booking a photographer or videographer if it's not provided by the resort or if you want to hire an outside vendor for this. A lot of resorts provide their own photographer and usually videographer as well. Make sure to ask if it's not directly stated in your wedding package how many prints you get from that photographer. Sometimes it's really limited, like 25 to 50, so you have to pay extra for all additional photos that you would want that they took. If that's the case, or if the resort doesn't have a photographer at all, you'll want to start vetting photographers that travel for weddings and getting quotes for their services. Also, keep in mind that a lot of resorts are now implementing an outside vendor fee as well, so double-checking what that would be. The next item is booking any other outside vendors that you may want. So first, the biggest thing is determining whether it's in your budget or not. Then check with your on-site coordinator to see if there's any outside vendor fees associated with them as well. Other vendors to consider are like florists, hair and makeup, added decor, a live band, etc. Final item for the 8 to 12 month checklist is selecting your bridesmaid and groomsman attire. 
There are obviously many options for wedding party attire when it comes to a destination wedding. Bridesmaids can go through stores like David's Bridal, Kennedy Blue, things like that to pick out their own dresses if you're going within like a specific color scheme or just one color, or you can tell them they can wear whatever they want. Uh, groomsmen can rent tuxes like that of a traditional wedding, but there's a lot more involved with that because they usually have to return it within a certain time frame, traveling with it, etc. Or they can go through websites like Cuba Vera or Island Importer for more of like a beach attire look. But for more resources on your groom and groomsman attire, we have a post titled Beach Wedding Groom Attire Ideas and Best Places to Shop that will provide you some ideas for that if you need some help. Okay, next time frame is six to eight months. Starting off with sending your invitations. One of the biggest to-dos that feels so good to be completed, getting all of those invitations sent in the mail or email and impatiently waiting for the RSVP return or for your guests to book. Give yourself a big pat on the back for crossing that one off your list. It's one of the most stressful ones. Next is ordering your wedding dress. So hopefully at this point you found your dress Make sure to order it well ahead of time to, to leave plenty of time for alterations as well. Next is review menu and resort wedding information. So this one's pretty obvious. Once you book through the resort, they're going to send you tons of information to fill out. Excel spreadsheets, Word documents, things like that to just pick literally everything that it comes to planning your wedding, your venue, your decor, your food, all of that. So make sure you're reviewing everything really carefully on those. Your wedding package also might not include everything that you want, so this is the time to select any extras like decor, lighting, etc., and reviewing the cost of all those items. Next is choosing your menu. So I briefly mentioned that before. Every resort is different, so you may have done this already or you don't have to until your wedding date is much closer, but some resorts will have a set menu for guests. They also need to know if there's any special dietary restrictions for your guests pretty far in advance. Then finally, for the six to eight month time frame, it's creating your gift registry. So if you're choosing not to have a gift registry, you can obviously skip this one. Many people still choose to have one though, especially if you're going to have a bridal shower. So I think it's a great idea. You're still getting married and you're still starting a life with somebody. So I think you have every right to have a gift registry as someone with a traditional wedding. You might as well take advantage of that and receive gifts for this new chapter that you're entering. Next time frame is four to six months. So starting off with finalizing your flight and resort reservations. If you haven't already booked your personal reservation, now would definitely be the time to do so, although you probably have this taken care of. If you have not booked your flights, this is when you'll want to do that. So make sure to finalize your flights, your times, connections, luggage requirements, etc., and your resort reservation. I would also recommend writing down or printing out all of your confirmation numbers for your travels. If your phone won't load at the airport or at the resort, this can be tricky because you're either not going to have service or there's no Wi-Fi or whatever the case may be. Just being able to hand over that printed document is super helpful. Next is finalizing your flowers, decor, and theme. I'm sure Pinterest has been your friend lately. <laughs> now is the time to really nail down like the whole vision and finalize your flower selection, decorations, whether you're going to bring extra ones or picking them all through the resort and just the general theme and color scheme of your wedding. Next is obtaining your passports. So if you don't have a passport already, now is definitely the time you need to head to the dreaded post office to get that process started. 
allow plenty of time to get this so you are not stressing at the last minute because if you do not have a passport, you're not going to your destination wedding. <laughs> Next is purchasing your wedding rings. If you didn't already get a wedding band with your engagement ring and you would like one, I would recommend doing that now. And this is the time to pick out your future spouse's ring as well. If you're not sure where to shop for men's style rings, check out Ring Bear. I'll link it in the show notes. I love this company. You can do it online. Uh, they make it super easy and have some really cool styles on there. Next is ordering party favors if you plan on having them. So sunglasses, seashells, luggage tags, whatever the case may be, if you choose to gift your guests with party favors, now would be the time to start figuring out what exactly you want to get them, what's easy to travel with, and ordering them in ample time in case there's any shipping issues. Or if you're going to go the welcome bag route, now is the time to start researching, you know, where to get your bags from, what to include in them, and getting all of that stuff as well. Finally, for the four to six month range is buying gifts for parents or other special attendants. Etsy is your friend here. There are so many customizable gifts for everybody involved in your wedding. Uh, whether it's your father, father-in-law, mother, mother-in-law, if you want to gift your husband something, your if there's any other special attendants coming, grandparents, anybody like that that you want to gift on your wedding day, now would be the time to get those. Okay, next is three months before your wedding. Starting off with the final fitting for your dress. So by now you should be close to finishing your alterations for your wedding dress and it's very exciting to see your dress fit perfectly and exactly how you imagined it with a couple of months to go before your wedding. Uh, next is buying accessories and jewelry. So some brides will borrow accessories and jewelry as they're something borrowed or if you're going to buy them new you kind of want to start looking into what's going to go well with your dress and put your entire ensemble together especially if you're purchasing online to just make sure it's exactly what you want and what you expected in case you would need to return it or get something else. And final one for three months is buying any decor accessories that you plan on bringing. Things like a cake topper, a guest book, anything like that. If you want to include any personal decor accessories that the resort won't be providing, this is when you want to do so. You may also choose to personalize them, which takes a little bit longer for them to make and ship. So that's why this is at the three month mark. Okay, two months to go. Starting off with completing all necessary paperwork and documents. So make sure any paperwork from the resort, from your travel agent or travel accommodation companies is completed now. Examples of this would be your wedding day planning paperwork from the resort. So kind of like that Excel spreadsheet I was explaining earlier, making sure they know exactly what you want for every category. Your travel agent's paperwork regarding any discounts or special offers that you may receive or travel accommodations like transportation to and from the airport. Make sure all of that is in order and finalized. Next is creating a seating chart. So you should have almost everyone's RSVPs by this point, but if not, you should have a really good idea of a final number of guests. If you want any guests sitting at specific tables for your reception, this is when you'd want to start creating that chart. Next is making any final payments if necessary. So if you're if you did hire an outside photographer or have any vendors that need down payments paid, those should be taken care of at this point. 
and make sure that you didn't miss the deadline to risk losing them altogether. And finally, for the two months, it is finalize your wedding itinerary. So what this is, is for your guests. In I have a post that's called why an itinerary for your destination wedding guests is important. And I go over why it's nice for your guests to have a general guideline for their schedule. Now this is separate from your wedding day itinerary. It gives your guests any must have dates that they need to know about. So if you're gonna have a welcome cocktail hour, a bonfire on the beach, a farewell brunch, on top of all of your wedding day information, if you're gonna have a dinner rehearsal, um, the ceremony dinner and reception times, all of that is nice to give to your guests so they know that they're not missing out on anything. And then they can kind of plan the rest of their vacation as well. Okay, now we are down to two to four weeks before your wedding. First thing on this list is finalizing a plan to travel with your dress. One of the most common questions I get is, how do I travel with my dress? What's acceptable? How's the airline gonna protect it, etc." I have a post for this. Of course, it's labeled how to travel with your destination wedding dress. A lot of the times people buy garment bags from Amazon and just put this in the overhead bin or sometimes they're allowed to hang it in the captain's closet. Airlines are usually super nice about this as long as they know, you know, this is my wedding dress in here, please protect it. They will find a way to do so. Next is finalizing your wedding day itinerary. So if you'd like to stay as organized as possible on your wedding day, I would suggest making one of these. You can make a separate one for bridesmaids and groomsmen or just one for yourself, but it's really good to just keep you on track to get your hair and makeup done on time, when pictures need to be taken, when you need to be down by the ceremony location, and you can kind of appoint a close bridesmaid or something like that to kind of make sure you're following that schedule as the day goes on so you're not getting super stressed. Next is confirming travel arrangements with the resort. So make sure that the transportation to and from the airport is finalized. Your resort or your travel agent should be giving you instructions on how to find your ride and who to stay away from when leaving the airport. Next is confirm with anyone who hasn't RSVP'd. So obviously it's too late for them to get in the room block rates. Those dates have probably closed already, but if you were suspecting somebody was going to come that hasn't RSVP'd yet, this is the time to figure out if they are. And if they still want to come, they need to book immediately. <laughs> and if not, you're just kind of writing them off and making sure that your guest list is finalized at this point. Next is having your engagement ring clean. So the last thing you want in all of your beautiful photos is a dirty ring. Uh, you should be able to get this cleaned for free at the place that your wedding ring was purchased from. But if not, most jewelry stores will do this for free anyway, and it takes less than 10 minutes for them to do. Okay, we're really coming down here one week till your wedding. First task to complete is to start packing. Again, this may seem early, but if you have tons of things and you're looking around thinking, how is this going to fit? Now is the time to start putting that stuff together. You're going to have a good idea of the amount of space everything is going to take up. And if you need to cut anything back, you can prioritize what that will be. Or you can pass it off to if you have close friends or family that live near you to see if they can fit it in their luggage to bring. And a little tip here, if you plan on checking a bag, make sure to not put anything super important in there. Just in case your luggage would get lost, all of your most important items should be in you and your fiance's carry-ons. 
I do also have a packing checklist on my Etsy store that you can purchase uh, just to double check that you're not forgetting anything there. Next item is contacting your attending friends and family to notify them on how they can reach you. So if your cell phone provider doesn't offer international coverage or if you don't want to pay for it, make sure your friends and family know how to get a hold of you in case of an emergency. So the resort will most likely have Wi-Fi. So most people in this case use Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or something similar to that to stay in touch. But it's just notifying everyone that to make sure that they have the app and can use it if they need to get a hold of you. All right, next item is confirming your appointment with your on-site wedding coordinator. So if you've been working with an on-site wedding coordinator through the resort, they should have reached out to you by now, but if they haven't, make sure you have a time set up with them once you get to the resort before your wedding date so they can kind of finalize everything there as well and really just give you peace of mind that everything is taken care of, everything is in order, exactly how you wanted it, et cetera. Okay, final item on your checklist is hamper yourself. The last and final to do, you have worked your butt off for the last several months, and now is the time to finally start relaxing and pampering yourself. Nails, tanning, waxing, hairstyling, etc. Try to soak in a little bit of R&R because soon enough you'll be on the airplane on your way to get married. Congratulations on making it this far. I hope it wasn't too stressful along the way. And please let me know if you think I missed anything from this checklist. We are including absolutely everything here to make sure that you don't miss a single to-do create the destination wedding of your dreams. I hope this has benefited you in more ways than one. Please feel free to rate this episode or share it on social media or comment or whatever the case may be to support me and my business. I thank you for listening and we will see you in the next episode.